0: I'm excited about today's guest and our conversation today. We are talking about skincare and weight loss with world-renowned plastic surgeon and all-around great guy, Dr. Sean Rice. Hi. How
1: are you? How are you doing?
0: Good. I was just thinking. Um, I was just thinking during the intro. How long have we known each other? Because I remember we met. I think when we did that ET Canada segment where you yes. did some yeah. some pokes. Of- Poke some holes in my face. Um, yeah. yeah, we I, did a fractionated,
1: did yeah, fractionated CO2 laser. I was thinking about that. It's funny. I was thinking about that the other day. It's got to be 15 years ago, I bet. Years. Somewhere between <laughs> 10 to 15. Yeah, a long time ago. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, I can probably credit how great I look due to you. So when, wow. when I did this, let's talk about that because people are going to be like, what did you do to your face? And I want to know how, how like... What has happened in like skincare since then? Um, I was starting to get these jowly things. Um, right. I remember, I remember looking and I had for my four kids and I remember looking, it was probably after my last kid, 15, because he's 16 this year. Um, right. I was getting these jowly things. I was, you know, definitely still, I got great jeans. My mom looks great. But, um, you know, when you did that thing where you, I guess it rejuvenated collagen. I don't know what it did, but it definitely made a huge difference. And I, I haven't had any really issues with my jollies ever since.
1: Awesome. Yeah. You know, as we all age, you lose collagen in your skin and it starts to sag and you get those jowls and you get kind of all that other stuff. So there's, there's literally so many different ways that you can look at treating that. The laser we used was a, um, a, uh, laser based on carbon dioxide. So it was a CO2 laser and it was fractionated. It was made by smart side called the smart side dot. So what happens is with, with fraction. So lasers work in two ways. work in either fully ablative or they work in what's called fractionated so think of your skin here's your skin sort of sitting here and then there's sort of that sort of white layer of your skin what we call the dermis and then underneath it is the fat and the blood vessels and then your muscles and bones underneath it so we need to affect that top that white layer of the skin Mm -hmm. so the white layer of the skin is what houses all your hair follicles and sweat glands and all that other stuff too so if you go too deep in rejuvenating the skin then it's basically a burn and you can't um uh the burn has to heal on its own kind of a thing right so we need to do a controlled burn so you either take a layer a full layer of that skin off that's called fully ablative or what you do is called fractionated you just poke a thousand little holes into it and the difference between the two really comes down to the healing time and Mm -hmm. what the results look like So the more you can obliterate, the better your results are going to be, but the longer your recovery time is going to be. Okay, so it's
0: more extreme to get a whole thing.
1: Yeah, you poke a thousand little holes in the skin, and then what happens is the skin heals from bottom up, and then with keeping that skin uh, from the side, it also heals in from the sides. So you don't get as great a result, but you get a much uh, faster healing time, and that's what we did with you, the fractionated CO2 laser.
0: So how, I don't know, we're going to get into cellulite and creepy skin and all that we're going to talk about, but I'm kind of into this conversation right now. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, um, I was having a conversation the other day um, about Young and the Restless and Catherine on Young and the Restless. And this was like, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago where they did a whole like facelift on camera. And I, you know, we think that when we want to do stuff to our face, we have to like do a whole, like, I don't know, peel our face off and get a whole new face or something like that. Like, I would imagine like procedures and techniques have come a long way, and there's probably a lot that you can do. I know there's Botox and I know there's fillers and stuff, but in terms of kind of rejuvenating your skin, can people lose weight one, they're afraid of losing that fullness. And you know, right. that, that can happen for some people, but you know, as we get older, we, we do a lot of, we've done a lot of damage. By the time you hit kind of our age demographic, you know, you've done a lot of damage to your skin. So what are, what are some things that you can do to your face that will actually make a difference that maybe our, our members can, or our listeners can look into They're thinking, I want to, you know, bring back my young face without like you know getting major surgery what can i do
1: yeah for sure so like if you think about as you as you age it all really comes down to collagen right so mm-hmm. we lose our collagen and then everything starts to sag your cheeks start to sag you get sort of bigger nasolabial folds and the one that yeah. drives everybody crazy is the tear drop, that kind of hollowing underneath your eyes you get yeah. that sort of baggy sort of an area so really it, it, it all comes down to a spectrum On one side, there's surgery, and then there's non-surgery on the other side, right? And it really does come down to the quality of your skin. So Mm -hmm. if you've got a lot of skin and you just got big hanging gels and like a turkey neck, let's call it, then really uh, the only way that's really going to take care of that is surgery. Mm -hmm. So let's assume that you don't have a whole bunch of hanging skin and you got a little bit of skin, but you don't want to undergo surgery. There's, There's literally thousands of different ways to tighten the skin. And a lot of them are based on heat so oh. in order to tighten your skin you've got to get your the temperature of your skin somewhere between about 42 to 46 degrees celsius and that's the range that will cause what we call collagen neogenesis so you're basically rebuilding collagen within the skin okay the problem is if it's too cold then you're not getting that stimulating effect from the heat if it's too hot then you get a burn and now you're screwed because you burn the skin right So you got to find a machine that basically is somewhere in that range that's going to give you some good skin tightening but not give you a burn. And part of that is the machine and part of that is the operator dependent, the person doing the the procedure that kind of knows what sort of limit they can take you to.
0: Okay. So obviously finding someone reputable like yourself, because I, you know, we see these ads all the time, do this skin melting thing, this laser thing, this, you know, fancy names of these machines, like, how would we know what's what, like, obviously, this is where, you know, we would find someone like yourself, any tips, because I know people are going to, are going to ask where to find you. And it's literally the last question. How would someone find a qualified doctor like yourself if they don't have access to you? Like, what would people want to look for? What would they want to look out for?
1: Yeah, I think you have to. So it's funny. It really depends on where you are in the world and what the regulations are there. So let's assume in Canada, at least here in Ontario, you cannot call yourself a plastic surgeon unless you're a real plastic surgeon. Mm, There's okay. no more sort of designation as a cosmetic surgeon because anybody can call themselves a cosmetic surgeon. Okay. So you can be a plastic reconstructive and cosmetic surgeon, but you can't be just a cosmetic surgeon. So Mm -hmm. the easiest way to do that would just be to go to whatever sort of area you're in, go to your local, um, either the um, plastic surgeons or otolaryngologists or dermatologists, look up the local society and that'll give you a name of people that are there. In Ontario, just go to the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario and you can look up somebody's name and find out their true designation. But it's, the college is hard to, like you can't really put in plastic surgeon and find me plastic surgeons. you gotta kind of know somebody's name kind of
0: thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's get into our conversation today. Our members have been working hard to lose weight in the healthiest of ways. Obviously they're concerned about skin, you know, when you are losing weight in a healthy way, that definitely helps. And also giving your body time to adjust things like working out and whatnot. But let's talk about your skin in general, because people always say it's the body's largest organ, but like, what does that mean? Do you know? And why is that important?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny because uh, people are always worried about your heart. You're always worried about your lungs. You know, don't smoke, take your medication. But in reality, your skin, and we all sort of take it for granted, is really the biggest sort of organ, the biggest barrier your body has to the outside world, right? Think about it. So if you're looking at really skin health is how do you keep that barrier alive uh, Mm. and well, and and still looking good as we all age and go through all the, you know, toxicities of the sun and smoking and, you know, going to the beach and partying and all that other stuff. You know, how can how can you take care of your skin in order to sort of keep that going for later on in life? For sure.
0: Yeah. And what are some things that you can do to just on a, the most basic level to take care of your skin?
1: Yeah, you know the basic things is, is if you're going to do one thing, and it's, it's sun avoidance, really is is probably the, the the simple question. You know, particularly are you going to pay for it or later on in life when you're, you know, like I know when I was a kid, my friends always call me Big Boy because I don't tan, I just go red, right? I go varying shades of red, and I'm the guy that sits under the tree, and it's like, oh my God, like you're the, you know. But I know, I know for me, if I sit outside for 15 minutes on the beach and put to can I'm going to get, be red. That's just who I am. Right. Yeah. So basically avoid the sun as much as you can put on lots of good uh, sunscreen, try not to get burned and then try to just, you know, eat healthy, drink lots of fluids, don't smoke, you know, the standard kind of things that we all sort of know. Yeah. And then if you lose weight, lose it on a, on a, you know, we talked about this many times in the past on a gradual healthy basis yeah. and let your skin, sort of retract as opposed to something drastic where everything just sort of drops and hangs.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the benefit of our program. We're not a quick fix, you know, and it, there's so many benefits to allowing your body to adjust to the weight that it's lost along the way and do it in a healthy way. People are going to ask about, um, sunscreen. What's the best one? Does not in, do ingredients matter? Should we get like, should we buy, should we get it off of, you know, a skincare expert or should we get it from our doctors? Can we buy it from shoppers? Like yeah, just totally. Like we have so many questions.
1: Yeah, skincare really, so the big debate on skincare is it's really comes down to two certain types of skincare. There is a set of chemical barrier and then there's a physical barrier. So the physical barrier is something you put, you know, you get the white cream, you put it over top of your skin, the sun hits it, reflects it off and away it goes kind of thing. The other one, the chemical barrier basically gets incorporated into your skin and then that's that's how it works on deflect, let's just call it deflecting the, the sun rays. So the big debate, and and really I I don't have an answer for it. It really comes down to I think a personal preference. Some people argue because it is the biggest organ in your body. Why are you putting a bunch of chemicals on it? Put a physical barrier yeah. over top. I think it really does come down. Me personally, a, and my answer is is whatever doesn't give me a rash is <laughs> the, the sunscreen that I use. Right? Because I just I could literally I could just get a rash putting anything on. So I use yeah. something. I tend tend to use something that's higher in SPF, the sun protection factor. So I tend to use something like a 60, particularly on my face because I know I'm just going to burn. And then I tend to use something like at least a 30, 40 for my body. And what I find that just works well for me or just the, and I know it may not be the greatest thing for the environment or whatever the aerosol can is because I can just get certain areas and I don't have to worry about uh, burning.
0: Yeah. So more making sure you have some sort of coverage than worrying about what kind of skincare product that
1: you're using at the end of the day. Yeah, because I think, you know, have you ever read the manuals on skincare, right? Like if you do it properly, uh, sunscreen should be put on, uh, particularly the chemical one should be put on 30 minutes, sometimes even an hour before you go out into the sun. Um, yeah. And then basically you literally, if you, if you read the instructions, it's about the size of a golf ball of cream that you need to put on every like hour or two hours kind of thing, if you want to maintain the SPF. So it's, it's generally more than you think. And it's, it's certainly more often than you should do it than you think yeah. you need to do it as well.
0: So when I was like, I remember being in high school, just lying around the pool or whatever, basking in the sun with like, like um, baby oil and iodine.
1: Totally. So
0: and I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of us did that. So it was yeah. like, what, 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 because I know my next question is, is asking you like about crepey skin. And and I'm sure that that kind of that that damage that I did back yes. then is probably leading to this crepey skin. So what, what can, can I get that back? What can I do to to erase that? What can I and is that what causes crepey skin is kind of like, you know, I'm thinking of that? What about Mary? You ever watched that movie? What about Mary Cameron Diaz and, and the woman? She's like, she's so tan, she's like right. just dark and her skin is just all crepey and wrinkly.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, we... you, yeah, you can see stuff like that too if you're on holidays, right? You see people that are that are uh, you know sort of obsessed with the skin and the skin gets really sort of leathery. And, yeah. and really it's, it, it, you know, that stuff you did as a teenager is going to come back to haunt all of us later on in life. Right. And yeah. I, and I know it, you can sort of see it starting to change, you know? So basically the, 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 the best way to prevent it is really prevention, obviously is yeah. the you know, sunscreen and, and don't do, don't get burned, stay out of the sun as much as you can, you know, make sure you're in the, you know, you put on lots of sunscreen and stuff like that. The other key is just to keep your skin moist. So lots of good moisturizer all the time, you know, moisturizer, particularly during things like pregnancy, weight loss and stuff like that. You want to make sure that your skin is moist all the time so that it doesn't crack. because it's the collagen underneath that sort of white layer of your skin. When you lose the collagen and it starts to spread apart, that's where you start to see the stretch marks and the aging and all that other stuff. So you want to keep all that as tight as possible.
0: Okay. So let's get into it. Let's talk stretch marks. Is there anything that we can do? Like does bio oil work? Do you have special yeah. creams you have access to? Like, is there anything we can do about stretch marks? Cause people obviously gain weight when they lose the weight, their stretch marks are more noticeable. Yeah. Um, what, what, is there anything people can do about that?
1: You know what? If I, if I could come up with some stretch marks, I'd be a trillionaire by now. Oh my God. I'd be the next Bill Gates. Uh, there's a tons of stuff on the market for stretch marks. There's I mean, I've tried everything, CO2 lasers, the whole nine yards. The problem with stretch marks is this, let's say your skin is like normally that thick, right? Yeah. now what happens is your skin is sort of this thick and then it just easily sort of pulls apart for a lack of Mm. a a better way of putting it, right? So the goal is to keep it this thick and not let it get to that thick kind of a thing. So lots of moisturizer, try not to do things on extremes, you know, like weight loss rapidly. Uh, putting on weight rapidly. Sometimes you see guys that are big bodybuilders, right? And they get stretch marks across their chest and their arms because they're, you know, their pecs are getting too big too fast. So yeah. lots of moisturizer and take things slow and do it properly. That's the, really the only way you're going to avoid them. Once you've got stretch marks, if you've got small stretch marks, there's lots of things you'd like that fractionated CO2 to help pull the skin and stuff together. But once you've got big stretch marks, honestly, there's very very few things on the market that are really good at at taking care of stretch marks.
0: Okay. Let's talk crepey skin. Right. What can we do about it?
1: Yeah. So crepey skin is again, sort of thinning of the skin. So lots of things you can do. So basically you got to think of what can I do to sort of thicken the collagen, right? Mm, okay. So first of all, lots of sunscreen as a preventative measure, and then you got to figure out lots of moisturizer too. some good moisturizer during the day. I've used a lot of like creepiness across the arms, like the upper arms. And you see a lot of women, it may sound strange, but with uh, women that play tennis and they got tennis shorts on and they got a lot of crepiness above their knee, kind of where mm. their shorts are to their knee. Yes. So over the years, I've tried everything. We tried CO2 lasers. What I find works really well in those areas are some of the stimulants like um, Sculptra. Sculpture is a product called, it's got polyolactic acid. It's a stimulant, not a filler. So it's used for the face. I recently started doing, I was one of the first in Canada to do it years ago, maybe 20 odd years ago. We used it for HIV patients, for HIV facial hollowing. And then when that uh, uh, sort of trial, let's call it Health Canada, opened it up to the general population after that, it's probably my favorite. Um, let's. It's not a filler, it's a stimulant, but put it in the category of like a, Restylane, Juvederm, uh, reven those products, the hyaluronic acid products used use for your face and your cheeks. The results will achieve, uh, will achieve the same, but it's a different way of getting there or stimulating the skin. That okay. works really well. I've done it for knees. I've done it for arms. We really? do a lot for buttock augmentation. It works pretty good for cellulite too in certain areas. And that stimulates your skin. You do multiple treatments, three or four treatments six to 10 weeks apart, then you do sort of one treatment a year to maintain the thickness of your skin.
0: So stimulate, you mean you're, you're putting it on your skin and then you're just leaving it there.
1: Yeah, you, you inject it just like you were getting your lips done with hyaluronic acid. So it's an injectable, but it's poly lactic acid. So think of it this way. You go to the gym and you work out and you get that big burning sensation in your legs, right? And oh. that's lactic acid buildup from lack of oxygen. The lactic acid causes your muscle and your collagen to stimulate itself. That's how you build muscle mass. So what the what they were able to do is synthetically sort of trick the face into thinking it had a big workout or whatever body part you inject, <laughs> restimulates the collagen. So you can never look fake with a product like Sculpture. It's not like you're. Oh, it's like oh my god, you see people that come out and their cheeks are way out to here, the lips are way out to there. You can't. This product will just make you look like you did ten years ago, kind of thing. But it's great for areas that are lacking in collagen to help stimulate it.
0: Can we buy it in bulk? Where can we get it? How much is it You
1: you can only get it through your physician and then it's an injectable. I've done every body part you can imagine. We've done uh, people that age, and it may sound strange, but people that age, lost a lot of weight, Uh, even things like their labia, their mons, pubis gets all sort of wrinkly and stuff. I've injected those areas. You can, you can inject every area you can imagine.
0: (laughs) That's good. I love it. That's important to you at the end of the day how much would that cost? Give us a, like um, a, I know it would depend on yeah. the severity of what you want to do, but ballpark, yeah. we want to know how yeah. much it's going to cost.
1: Yeah. So let's say you're going to do your face, right? So your face would run you, let's just pick another. probably somewhere around 1600 bucks per treatment. You need to do three treatments, but then you're good for about two years or so. And then okay. you come back to one treatment, not the three. So you yep. pay this and then you're good for two years. Whereas fillers, you're good for nine months, and you got to put in two, three fillers every nine months, kind of thing. So okay, you so
0: Chris, so so you could do that on your hands. You could oh do yeah, it on we your do all your time, time for hands. Yeah,
1: this area here, like this creepy area here, up in yeah. the arms, yeah. hand, uh, buttock, um, thighs, knees. We've done it all over the place.
0: Okay. Amazing. Let's go back to talking about cellulite. You mentioned what? What's the fucking deal with cellulite? And like, how do we get it? That's another thing.
1: If I could get rid of cellulite, oh my god, I'd be a trillionaire again. (coughs) The issue with cellulite, cellulite is is has really nothing to do with your exercise and all that other stuff. It's really a structural issue, right? So it's three things, cellulite. So think of here's your skin and here's your muscle underneath, right? There has to be a way for your skin and the muscle to connect with each other uh, in order to prevent your skin from, say, falling off your buttock or off your hand. You need some sort of barrier to keep the skin there, right? So there's these little collagen bands that basically attach your skin down to muscle tendons, whatever you want to call it, kind of a thing, right? And that, so as those bands um, stretch or get shortened, it puts pressure on the skin. So cellulite is three things. It's thin skin at the top. It's a bunch of uh, these bands. They basically get sh- either shortened or elongated. And then a bunch of fat gets stuck between the bands. So the way you think of it, the bands are kind of like a little apartment building. So think yeah. of it as your, let's think of cellulite on your buttock. So you've got your, think of your buttock as a, as a whole series of apartment buildings and the walls of the apartment buildings get shortened as you age and all the fat gets stuck in there and it all bubbles up on the top. and looks like cellulite, right. So you got you to do something that's going to affect the skin. You got to do something that's going to affect the bands and you got to do something that's going to get rid of the little bit of fat. So cellulite is very, very hard to get rid of. There's lots of machines on the market to help get rid of cellulite. Cellulase, sulfina, there's lots of little things like that, but there's nothing that um uh, is really going to affect it significantly. So cellulate's graded on a scale of one to four. So think four is like super bad. One, pretty well, everybody's got some grade of one cellulite mm-hmm. Any of those treatments are really going to bring you down like one level. So my theory to people has always been this. If I'm a four and my cellulite's really bad, save your money because a three doesn't look so hot either, right? So you're going to pay a lot of money and you're going to get a you're going to get a bit of improvement, but really it still doesn't look so great. If your cellulites somewhere in the middle, a two or a three, going from a three to a two or a two to a one gives you a visual significant improvement. That's the type of people that benefit from those treatments. The other one is, um, if you're a one, then save your money. If you're really bad or not so bad, save your cash. If you're in the middle, then some of those treatments may work.
0: What about those roller things? You know, that you can roll, like, like you can roll your cellulite. Yeah. Out. Does that, does that yeah.
1: work? Yeah, they work. If you're going to, let's say you want to go to Jamaica for the weekend kind of thing. Right. You know, you're on holidays and you roll out your skin. So really what you're doing with those machines is you're just redistributing water. So you're pushing all the water from one area to the other. Eventually, a week down the road, the cellulite will come back again. There's a lot of new machines on the market, the high-frequency ultrasound machines, uh, Thermage. There's a new one on the market now um, called SoftWave. I have no sort of experience with it, but I was just in Dubai talking to a few people there, and they love the machine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try, try it out here and see what it's like. Uh, but that seems to be the next generation, these high-frequency ultrasound machines that are coming on the market.
0: Okay, and is it just me, but men don't seem to be walking around with a lot of cellulite? Like, what what's with, what gives with that?
1: Yeah men, generally, yeah, men generally don't get a lot of cellulite, and it's really a structural issue. So think of those bands that are like this, right? They're holding the skin down to the muscle, and here's uh, women's bands. So anything that affects those bands and shortens it, it's like closing down on that apartment, right? And forcing all the fat mm-hmm. up to the top. Men, their bands tend to go on a bit of an angle. It's sideways. So when they pull, they don't pull down and trap all the fat. So it's strictly uh, it's strictly a, a structural issue between men and women.
0: Okay. Let's talk about someone's lost 60 pounds, 80 pounds, 100 pounds, 120 pounds. Obviously, the way you people lose it. will make a difference. Let's say someone is left, left with a considerable amount of loose skin. Of course they can continue to eat healthy. Their skin will regenerate. They'll be able to work out and tone certain areas, but you know, above that, how long should someone wait before they consider weight loss, like skin surgery? And what are options for that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because everybody always wants to You know, my theory, and and it's just my theory, right? So I know myself that if you lose, let's say 10 pounds, it's really hard to keep that off, right? Mm -hmm. So my theory is always tell people, listen, whatever your goal happens to be, um, uh, make sure that you're sort of stable at that weight for a couple of months. And then that's the time to really do your surgery. Never do anything in the extremes is what I tell people. Don't do anything if you just all of a sudden put on a ton of weight. Don't do anything if you just lost a bunch of weight. In reality, let's say, so there's a billion things you can do for skin, but let's assume you're going to do something like a tummy tuck, let's just say, right? Most people kind of know what the general gist of a tummy tuck is. So I always tell people, do the tummy tuck when you've got about maybe, say, another four kilos, another 10 pounds to lose after that. So if you do the tummy tuck and you lose another 10 pounds, then you're going to get a really good result. If you do the tummy tuck and you put on another four kilos or 10 pounds, your results are not going to be as great. So, Mm -hmm. you're going to, so I would say one, the first one would be make sure it's a weight you're going to maintain. But if if it's close to that, then do it at a point where you're going to lose a little bit more, not put on a little bit more afterwards.
0: Okay. So, maybe go for a goal, maintain that for a while. If you want to go for more, then do the, do the, the procedure of whatever it would be, and then continue to lose rather than wait till you reach that goal and then book that appointment right away. Right. We want right.
1: to yeah. Of job. You, yeah. And then what you see with a lot of, you see, and I personally see this all the time somebody comes in, they've lost a whole bunch of weight, they get their surgery, and then they come back like six months later and they put on like 30 pounds because they just couldn't yeah. maintain that weight. Right. So, yeah. and then they just wasted a whole bunch of money and and uh, and the results are their surgery, and uh, th- then they got to start the whole process all over again, kind of
0: thing. Just just another reason why putting that time into maintaining and solidifying your weight is so important. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. you have an Airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com
1: slash host
0: um what's the difference between a tummy tuck and full-on skin removal like what 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 are we tucking and what are we removing if we have a lot of women have that the kind of the the apron belly after losing weight from having kids and so what's the difference between those two
1: yeah, so there's there's so many. Everybody's got their kind of, um, you know, 360 this or that. And and a lot of it is really smoke and mirror games kind of a thing, right? So, so really it's going to come down to this. It's going to come down to how much uh, extra skin and fat you have and where that's positioned is going to be your best. It's going to determine what type of surgery you're going to go through, right? Okay. Because sometimes you see somebody comes in for, let's say a standard tummy tuck. But if you think of your belly button as the equator, right? So anything below your belly button, your belly button to the pubic hairline is very easy. Anything that's in that way, fat, skin, everything is easy for a surgeon to get rid of. That's kind of okay. your standard tummy tuck, let's call it.
0: Okay. Well, let's say a lot
1: of times people lose a lot of weight, particularly specifically massive weight loss. They have a lot of skin above the belly button, like a roll wow. underneath the breast and another roll on top of the belly button. Those rolls are very difficult to get rid of because you're not getting rid of those rolls with a standard tummy tuck. That's mm-hmm. when you got to look at doing something different. So let's say you need to maybe do, and we'll, we'll go into these in greater detail, like a fleur-de-lis type tummy tuck where you're removing skin all the way from the, from the breast all the way down to the pubic hairline.
0: Okay. And then,
1: and then, let's say some people lose a lot of weight, uh, but all their their skin and their fat is in their back, right? So it's it's uh, like above their buttock or their love handle area. Then sometimes a the standard tummy tuck won't work for that. That's when you have to do like a 360 body lift. So and and all, <laughs> them, yeah. So 360 body. So think of.
0: Sign me up. People are what? Give it to me. What's a 360 body lift?
1: Yeah, so let's say you're doing a standard, a standard tummy tuck is really this. You stand up, in a standard tummy tuck, you can remove the skin, the fatty component between the belly button and the pubic hairline, okay. right? So what happens is you make a hole, you basically cut out the belly button, you leave the belly button where it is, and you pull all that skin down. So you're, so the little hole where your belly button was, was used to be up here, that gets pulled down to basically your pubic hairline and gets okay. rid of You make a little hole back up where the belly button was. You bring the belly button up and sew it in through there. Right. And then you tie all the muscle back together. And that's a standard tummy tuck.
0: Okay. Where you're kind of pulling things down.
1: Yeah. You're pulling things down, but that may not work well. If you've got a lot of skin on the sides, on your flanks and a lot of skin on your, on your back rolls, let's call it. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So a standard tummy tuck only affects the front of your body. So when you do a 360, you do a tummy tuck, and then basically the patient gets turned overwards, let's call it. And then you you basically remove the same amount of skin off the back that you removed off the tummy tuck, off mm. the front. So you're not only are you getting the size, so you're getting your thighs sort of pulled up a little bit, you're getting your life pounds, you're getting everything done. That's somebody, yeah. generally those are like people lost 100 pounds, you know, 50 kilos, they're like big, big weight loss. That's what's basically called a 360 um, uh, skin removal. 360 liposuction is just liposuction 360 around in a big circle kind of a thing.
0: Okay, so the the tummy tuck and the skin removal. What are what are we talking? Recovery time and 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 cost. And is it covered yeah. by OHP? Is it covered by anything for people I know? We have we're in like 52 countries, so dependent. Yeah where they live but um recovery time and cost for something like this yeah
1: so the recovery time the recovery time is about the same pretty well for all those procedures it's around six weeks is full recovery so what i found over the years is most people let's say you had a standard tummy tuck um uh, so the tummy tuck just it goes over removing all the skin and then tying your muscle because you get what's called a rectus diastasis particularly for women that have had kids Here's yeah. your rectus muscle. There's your rectus muscle. you can feel them right in the center. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes if you, if you try to clench your abdominal muscle, right? Like you're valsalving, like you're sitting on the bathroom and you really got to, you know, and you clench your stomach, you, and you put your finger there. Sometimes you can feel a gap between the muscles. That's what yeah. we call the rectus diastasis. So that basically means how far your muscles come apart. When your muscle comes apart, then you stand up, you get that sort of uh you get that kind of beer belly look where your belly just sort of, you know, sort of folds, falls out, yeah, right? Like
0: barrel, I call it like barrel belly on women. And yes. I've had some clients in the past where they're constantly, they they just have that kind of round, thick belly and it's not fat. It's just looks like structure and they're, they're losing weight, but that doesn't go away. And then this right. is where they actually have an issue with their their stomach muscles kind of open after yeah, so the muscles
1: are say over here, and now we're taking them like this and putting them back together again, right? So that's yeah. basically so it's the tying of the muscle back together again that really determines the recovery time. Because if you go back to exercise too fast, you're pulling on those muscles are just going to come apart. So generally, mm-hmm. let's say full recovery. So you're full out at the gym doing everything you want to do, sit-ups, push-ups, all that stuff generally about six weeks for pretty well, all those big procedures. Okay. Most most people are able to drive themselves around, like, you know, function within about a week. So the first week is generally a little bit bent over kind of a thing, a little bit uncomfortable. Generally by about a week down the road, people are able to drive themselves around, but um, full out at the gym is around six weeks.
0: Okay. And cost?
1: Cost varies like tremendously, really depending on, the, uh, what's involved with the procedure. So it could be anywhere from, you know, ten dollars to $40,000, really. It really does come down to, if you think of the bigger the surgery you do, like, say, like a full circumferential body lift, you know, you need to be, you can't really do that out of the hospital. It needs to be done in the hospital because you need to be generally in hospital for a day or two afterwards. You need some good care. So, you know, you got to factor in all the costs of all that stuff. Generally, none of that in Ontario, we have OHIP or Ontario Health Insurance Program, the government program, That none of that would be covered under OHIP.
0: Ah, should be. Especially yeah. if you can prove that you've gone about losing weight in a healthy way, I I think this conversation is so important. Um, I mean, I don't even know what percentage of our members would need that or would be interested, but I think we always have this thing in the back of our mind. Like I I you know, in working with people and losing weight, well, if this doesn't work, I'm just gonna get liposuction. I'm just gonna get all my fat cut off, you know, or like skincare. Oh, I'm just gonna get a facelift when I'm older. And I think people need to know the reality of what they are talking about and dealing with. If that's your plan B or seen in your back pocket, you know, this is where, you know, rather than me waiting for my, you know, my Catherine from YNR facelift, I I could maybe just use some nice skincare products and take care of my skin now. And you know what I mean? Or when it comes to losing weight, really, really understand the importance of losing weight in a healthy way. And allowing the body to adjust and putting time into maintenance like that's before you even get to these surgeries or these big things. There's a lot that you can do to be proactive about this before you get to that point. Um, Let's talk liposuction because one of my favorite things in talking with you about liposuction is it's not a weight loss thing like no, not, it's not. no. yeah no. and what do you mean by that like you're not you don't do liposuction to lose weight this is such a huge conversation so what do you mean yeah, by that yeah so
1: so lipo, uh, liposuction uh, you know we talked about this many a time is uh, don't ever think of liposuction as a weight loss procedure cuz it really isn't right you can remove literally liters and liters of liposuction off of somebody and you're going to lose maybe you know weight wise a kilogram or something like think of fat floats Right. So if you take fat and you put it in water, it doesn't sink. It floats. So you can remove lots and lots of fat. You're not going to lose a lot of weight. Think of liposuction really is kind of the ultimate body contouring. Think of it that way. Right. So it's, listen, I've got, I've, liposuction works great for somebody. Listen, I, I go to the gym. I've been in the gym for three years and whatever I do, I can't get rid of my love handles or I just got these stubborn inner thighs, or I can't get rid of my chin that's the like liposuction works perfect for people like that but if it's like you listen I got to get rid of 30 pounds uh, liposuction is not the root for that
0: that's so huge liposuction is not weight loss it's body contouring right So what is a weight? Like if I came to you and I'm like, I got to lose hundred pounds, what can you do for me? Like what, what would your response be?
1: I would say nothing. Go call Gina (laughs) because in reality, listen, you can remove, you can do a a big, you know, we talked about the tummy tuck. There's a lot in the 360, right? Like let's say we remove a 360 skin, right? So let's just, let's just pick a tummy tuck because most people kind of know what a tummy tuck is. You know, you can remove a large amount of skin, right? You can remove like a good, you know, foot, 20 centimeters of skin this way. And, you know, a good couple of feet laterally. So you're getting a good swap of skin. And when you weigh that, it maybe weighs, you know, one and a half kilos. So let's say three pounds tops, maybe four. Like if you do a huge, big circumferential, maybe you're going to get 10 pounds if you're lucky, but that's a massive, massive surgery. So people have this perception that, you know that they're going to lose thirty or forty pounds by just removing a bunch of skin. Your skin, in fact, really doesn't weigh that much.
0: Okay, amazing. So let's go back to liposuction. Say, you know, and a lot of women like when we get C sections, it, it's it's like I don't know if it's the scar or what it is yes. that tends to just doesn't go away. Yeah. Is that the scar? Is that just you know? Is that something liposuction would help? And then what would be involved with that, and how much would that cost?
1: Yeah. So. um. The, the C-section scar is drives a lot of women crazy, right? Because what happens is sometimes the scar gets stuck down underneath and it gets stuck down to the muscle. Once it gets stuck down to the muscle, it makes that little ridge and then all the fat just builds up instead of that ridge and you're putting on a nice yeah. dress or something and you, you just see that pouch around there. So lots yeah. of times we can just do liposuction, lower abdomen, and get rid of that. Um, you can improve it so... Generally with liposuction, think of liposuction as this. Here's your skin, here's your underlying muscle, and there's obviously the fatty component in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. With liposuction, you can generally remove some of the range of 50 to 70% of the fat between the skin and the underlying muscle. If somebody tells you you can remove 100% of fat, it's technically true, but you don't ever want to go down that route. You don't want to go down, you need fat to make you look normal and you need fat to basically give you some shape. If you come right down to muscle and you see it a lot of times, particularly young women that go overseas, they go to, you know, Columbia or something like that. And they just get some super aggressive liposuction, remove all the fat. Now the skin's stuck and it'll be stuck there for life. And Mm -hmm. you're going to pay for it later on in life. And it looks terrible at a younger age. So you never want to remove all the fat you want to remove 50, 70% of that fatty component between the skin and then the underlying muscle.
0: And then what happens when you gain that way back?
1: So once you've created a new shape, right? So let's say you've created this. So one of the big fallacies is women always tell me all the time. If I do liposuction on my abdomen. And then if I put on some weight, my rear end is just going to get bigger, right? And that's not, it's not that the fat's going to go to your rear end. Well, it's going to go everywhere, Correct. but you've created this new shape, right? So yeah. you may, if you liposuction your abdomen, you know, it's not going to go as big as it would previously. It's going to go bigger. Well, All the body parts that weren't liposuction are obviously going to get bigger as well.
0: Yeah. So let that's taking the fat out. What about putting it back in? What can you do? Um, you know, I, am reading some of the comments, which are amazing. I love our community, by the way, they're honestly the best, but what about, you know, when people lose weight, they, they lose a bit of their boobs. They li- lose a little, lose a bit of their butt. They lose like their, you know, their face. Like what, what yeah. can they do to build it? Like, what can they do? Can they do anything? Can we, can yeah. we take our fat oh, yeah. from our butt and put it in our boobs? Can we take, can yeah, we do anything? What sure. What can, yeah, what, what can wants- we do with that?
1: There's lots of stuff you can do. So we do lots and lots. I've done lots of research and I've designed some product. We'll talk about some of the products I've designed for some pharmaceutical companies. So we'll just take, we'll just take a breast as an example, because it's probably okay. the easiest one, right? Yeah. So you lost a whole bunch of weight and now your your breasts get a little bit sort of saggy. And then it's basically what what you find from a lot of women is that upper pole hollowing right here. Right. So they put on a nice dress, they put on a push up bra. and They just get a big hollowing in their breast. Right. So now you got to figure out how to fix that. You can either fix it with an implant, a breast implant, which we sort of all know about. You can fix it with fat so you can take some fat out of other parts of your body and put fat into the area. And then i've been working with a, a filler company and we designed some products that we got health Canada approval for use on the body and i've been filling up your breast with hyaluronic acid so same stuff you put in your cheek or your lips we're using it for breast and buttock augmentation now i was mm. just in Dubai training a whole bunch of uh, uh middle eastern surgeons on how to do the procedure so those are really the options they each have their pros and cons the most one that everybody's heard about is breast implants it's very simple You, you know, you get whatever silicone breast implant a saline breast implant, you pick a size, you go ahead and do the procedure. Fat grafting has been around for a long, long time. Fat grafting. So what you're doing with fat is you're, you're taking fat out of anywhere. It doesn't matter what part of your body, take the fat out of the part of the body, inject it into the breast. Mm. That's a living entity. So it requires a blood supply. It's not like an, an inert breast implant, right? So fat requires a blood supply for it to survive. Okay. So you put a bunch of fat in. Let's say you put a liter of fat in. Really, about maybe 200 cc's of that liter was really water. So you really only get about 800 cc's of fat in there. And let's say 60, 80% of the fat that you put in survives because it needs a blood supply to hook it up to. Yeah. So fat grafting is very variable from patient to patient. Some patients it works great, some patients it doesn't. You have to be very diligent about no exercise and no sleeping on your stomach and stuff like that um and but and sometimes fat you have to do multiple times in order to get to the size that you want to get so fat's not going to give you lift if your nipples are down and you want your nipples up you either have to surgically mm-hmm. lift them up or you need something that pushes them up so a breast implant will push them up fat okay. will only give you volume fat won't give you lift Okay. Right. So, and then the other one th- that I've done for a lot of people is the hyaluronic acid filler. So there's no downtime, just like you're getting your cheek or your lips done. We put some uh, filler in your breast and that basically expands like it with your cheek or your lips and lifts up the breast. So that's great for women that say they're an A cup, they want to go to a B cup or they got a little bit of sagginess. They don't necessarily want big surgery. They don't even know if they want breast implants. They just want to sort of, let's call it, try it out. Right. So it's yeah. like in the worst case scenario. You don't like it two to three years down the road. They're gone, it's all dissolved and you're back to normal again. Yeah, I love this
0: conversation this because women are women are all the time like, I wish I could take, you know, fat from my ass and put it in my boobs and do all that. Like, and this is what I love about our conversation right now is I think that we have a lot of these conversations in jest, but we also think it's our it's in the back of our mind. And you know, I'm reading some of the comments, and some people are like, oh, I'm you know, it's got me a little nervous and and I love the conversation, but I'm depressed. I mean, that's that's not what this is about. This is about having a really real conversation. For oh, example, for sure some of you have stretch marks. There are some things that you can do that can make a bit of a difference, but also you could just accept yourself the way you are. You know, some of you will have some cellulite, you know what I mean? Yes. You can go to the gym and tone. There's also a lot of things you can do, um, to, to, to help in all the little ways, but this is about having a big, real conversation about all of this. And I think the biggest takeaway um, from this conversation today and I'm not done yet is that losing weight in a healthy way is definitely a game changer as opposed mm-hmm. to starving and depriving and, you know, restricting and trying to follow a quick fix. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it's important. I think it's important. Um, Again, like if I just keep waiting on my facelift, do you know what I mean? And in the yeah. meantime, my skin is getting worse and worse and worse and worse when all this time there's little things I could do to, to make it look great along the way, you know,
1: <laughs> Yeah. And if you take something like a facelift, right, in reality, there's so many myths and fallacies about facelifts in general. People think, oh my God, listen, I'm just, like you said, I'm going to wait when my skin looks crap or whatever, and I'm just going to wait. And at one point in time, I'll do a facelift and that's it. I'm done. Right. Yes. And that's the farthest thing from the truth, right? Think of your, think of all body parts, but just think of your face. Since we're talking about it, your face is really a combination of your skin, your fat, the underlying muscle and your bony structure, right? Mm. So if you want to look great, you have to address all those issues. You can't just address a single issue, right? Mm. So if your skin is all leathery because you've been lying out in the sun and you never put moisturizer on it and you're like, oh, my God, and then somebody pulls it super tight for you, you, you still look like a, you know, you look like an alligator, but you're pulled tight, right? So you need to do something along the way to make sure that your skin looks great. It's because yeah. even when you do a facelift and you pull tight, a facelift will pull you back, but it won't give you forward dimension. So you still may need fillers and stuff like that for your cheeks and your lips and stuff down the road. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Let's talk, um, I, I'm watching the time, about 10 minutes left with you. Well, let's talk about cool. uh, skincare ingredients. So one of my favorites that I use is SkinCeuticals. It's the c frulic I get it from you. Yes. Um, and um, I love you know the 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 um skin like uh, under eye cream for those dark circles. I mean, I find these are great, which I'm going to be giving away and one of my favorite things giveaway, Um, I use some La Mer, which ain't cheap, but you know, it tends yeah. to really work for me. I use like a retinol, you know, every now and then. Like, what, what, do you do you have a favorite skincare line? And if not, is there like, is there like, what ingredients cause you know you go to Shoppers Drug Mart and you're just like Phew. like what yeah. the you know what I mean? Or you know, because yeah. or or you get to see a skincare expert because you get a referral from your doctor, or you know, do you know what I mean? And then you know, but what what do you recommend? What do we need to look for? Yeah.
1: I think <coughs> excuse me. So really the difference between a uh, medical grade, let's call it like a uh, um, skincare line versus just getting something off the shelf at Shoppers Drug Mart yeah. um, it really comes down to the active ingredients, right? And how and how active for a lack of a better word, those active or how strong, let's call it those active ingredients are, right? Mm-hmm. So if you take something like a retinol, let's say, right, so retinol is really kind of vitamin D, think of retinol, retinol is kind of like, you know, on a scale of one to 10, it's like a 10, it's like a heavy duty puncher. Like it's really gonna, if you want something aggressive to go at your skin, then retinol is the kind of route to do it. But retinol, see, you can't just go to the store and buy a retinol, cause you're really gonna screw up your face. It's gonna get really dry. It's gonna get really irritated and you're just gonna give up on it, right? Yeah. So retinols are, are one of those products. You wanna start at a low concentration. And you want to do it every second or third day and work yourself up to a higher concentration and and every day kind of thing. So that's kind of really where this, the, the, um, the, if you really want to be active and you really want to participate, let's call it in your own thing, then you want a medical line. So skin SkinCeuticals is great for that. If it's just like, you know what, I really don't want to put the time and investment into my skin. I just want some good moisturizer. Then, you know, then that's more of the the Shopper's Drug Mart or, or your drugstore for a lack of a, of a better route for it. Um, the, and so you may find that you get um, retinol off the shelf from shoppers, but it's like 0. 0.0001. Like it's it's there, but it's like non-existent, let's call that it. Thing. Where, yeah, whereas a true skincare line will have like a real value of retinol, like 0. 0.1, 0. 0.3, 0. 0.5. But even though those numbers seem very small, like the difference between 0.1 to 0.3 in reality, that's super strong on your skin. So you need, you need to kind of know what you're doing when you start playing around with things like that. And I I personally, there's some really good, there's some really good um, medical lines. Skinsuticals obviously been around for a long time. They're a great line. Um, um, uh, Oh my God. I'm just trying to think of the other one. There's an Australian line. They came to Canada recently. That's an amazing line as well. It'll come to me in, in the middle of the night when I'm sleeping. I'll phone you at two in the morning and say, okay. oh God, that's what it was.
0: And I'll let people know. Well, I get my, I picked mine up from Hamam spa, which is where right. you, you're also working at Hamam spa. Do they carry those? They carry that there. Yes.
1: Right? Elastin. Sorry. Elastin, Elastin is the other one. Alastin.
0: Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it okay. really
1: is a good skincare line, but like, so, so did- like take a skincare line, like Elastin, just as an example, right? Awesome skincare line, pricey. It works, but you gotta put the time and effort and not not like two, three weeks into it. You're talking like six months of using it. Then you're gonna see the really good results down the road, right? And you have to put the time, the effort, and the money into doing it. It's just not a one-off kind of a thing.
0: Okay, that's good to know. Like the how long it's gonna to take to see a difference in your skin. Because your skin's always regenerating. So I would assume that. If you are consistent about your skincare, you're going, you're going to notice a difference in it.
1: Yeah. So think of it. Your skin basically turns over about every three months, right? So if you're going to try a new skincare line, you're going to try a new shampoo, you're going to try whatever. You generally got to go through that three month cycle and see how it works. So it's not like, oh, I tried it for a week. I didn't really like it. Let's move on to the next one. If you're going to really give something a really good go, you got to give it that three months
0: okay do um do do women's women the men too do our, our hormones affect our skin as we're getting older do you like is it different like it like someone's coming to you as a candidate would like age so you have someone healthy but you know maybe they're a little older is that going to you know obviously yes. the wear and tear on their skin but how much is ho- our hormone because our skin changes when our hormones change why yeah When's for sure
1: yeah i would say you know um I would say hormones. I mean, I know a fair amount about hormones, but I'm not like a hormone guy. I don't prescribe them or anything yeah. like that. But I, but definitely as you age, particularly as you lose estrogen or testosterone, that de- definitely affects the quality of your skin. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say personally. Uh, listen, if you're looking to really ultimately um, inc- improve the quality of your skin, should you go on like hormone replacement therapy? I wouldn't say that. But okay. definitely it 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 does it, it, you know those hormones definitely affect your skin as we age for sure both men and women
0: okay i got two more questions skin sure. tags skin tags yes. and moles Why,
1: yeah yeah moles so right. so okay. i used to you know when i was in uh, when i was in residency they um we used to talk about moles right like moles are and, and somebody would always say it's a nevi, not a mole. A mole's an animal that lives in a hole. This is a thing that grows on your skin. It's a, so basically, you know, as we, everybody gets them, everybody gets skin tags. Nobody really truthfully knows why people get skin tags. You generally tend to get them in rough areas where the skin's rubbing all the time. You get them in your underarms, you get them around mm-hmm. your neck and stuff like that. That's one of the theories behind them. Skin tags are you can buy over the counter stuff, but you can easily get your family doctor. Anybody can just snip them off the skin tags. Uh, so, really, you want to you just don't want to wear something, let's, let's say, super tight all the time for your underarm, something that's going to rub all the time because that generally mm. tends to contribute to it. Um, aging spots like uh, moles. Moles are, are um, there's so many different types of moles. I mean, it sounds stupid, but think of here's all the layers of the skin some of the moles just sort of sit on the top of their skin they're generally called what we call seborrheic keratoses. as a as a an exam question for for dermatologists and surgeons is always what it, it looks like a wax on stucky appearance so it looks okay. like you just took something like a, a black thing of wax and stuck it on, mm-hmm. your, on your skin that's a seborrheic keratoses. they're easy to get rid of sometimes moles go deep into the skin and you if you just superficially take the top off, it regrows. You know, the mole's got the hair growing out of it. Yeah, you generally got to cut that out and get the hair follicle out, close it over. But remember, yeah. remember a mole's a circle, right? So there's your circle. When I take a circle and I cut out that little, let's say it's, a, it's just a centimeter long, right? When I cut out that circle, now I got to close the circle. When I take that circle and I close it into a straight line, so we'll do that, is that the circle gets bigger. So, so if your mole's a centimeter, the scar from removing a centimeter mole is generally about one and a half times the length of the mole. So the scar is always bigger than the mole. <laughs>
0: Something to think about. I'm still gonna yeah. come see you and get this thing taken off the side of my face. Um, uh, puffiness under the eyes. Puffiness under the eyes. Why yeah, do you get it from just drinking yeah. red wine? Because it tends to pop up whenever I drink a Yeah. It. What's
1: a couple of things about that so if you get it chronically and maybe it's so sometimes associated with headaches or not and it waxes and wanes it comes and goes you should really have your sinuses checked to make sure that you don't have a sinus congestion because you can get puffiness on your eyes very very common nobody ever thinks about it um so make sure that it's not a medical reason why you're getting it you can get a thing called buffer choasis where you get basically kind of like an allergy let's call it to your, so you just want to rule out those sort of medical things and make sure that's not the cause of it. And then you have to look at, can you mask it with fillers versus surgery to get rid of the uh, our PRP? There's lots of things you can use for, um, for under eye wrinkles.
0: So it's not necessarily that I'm just not getting any sleep or, you know, I'm just like, yeah,
1: yeah basically. So just one, make sure that it's not medical and um or you have what's called a big festoon so sometimes you see a lot of times people will get injections done under their eyes but yeah. right over here on the corner of their eye i do tons of, a, of a, a cadaver labs internationally teaching people anatomy and stuff there's a little fat pocket here called a festoon sometimes new injectors when they're injecting under the eye will also inject into the festoon it's a fat pocket with not a big blood supply to it so you so you, the product never goes away so sometimes the puffiness is really because of a product that was injected into there and you have to dilute the product. Out. So. Okay.
0: Our time is up. I love you. I love our conversation. I know people are going to awesome. say, where, where can they find you? So where, where can they find you? I know you're a busy yeah, man and
1: yeah, probably That's the easiest it. is just through the website. I'm just working on my new website. It should be up soon. Uh, Dr. Sean or the Hamam spa. You can get me there as well.
0: Yes. Yes. I want to do a thing. I want to come see you and bring our production team and come see Man. you. And, well, you know, come um, yeah. And I'm a massive fan of spa and you know, our new conversation all about self care and doing all of that. So I definitely want to come and see you. Thank you. so much. No problem. Anytime. My pleasure.
1: Always enjoyable.
0: <laughs> Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening. Um, Dr. Rice. Thank you so much. Love you. Have a good day, everyone.
1: Love Bye. You too. Have a great good-